It's 6 p.m. and you're tuned to your community radio station, KVMR-FM, Nevada City, KCPC Camino. This is the KVMR Evening News. I'm Julia Jem. Tulare Lake was once the largest freshwater lake west of the Mississippi River, before it was drained for farmland by settlers and went completely dry by the early 1900s. It does, however, occasionally reappear after exceptionally wet winters like the one that we recently experienced. Tonight, the California report heads to the San Joaquin Valley to investigate how, for those living near the now receding body of water, life still hasn't returned to normal. And Nell and Goran returns with another KVMR Chautauqua. Tonight, we'll learn about the California Fair Plan. We close with an essay by Molly Fisk. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. A coalition of environmentalists and social justice groups have launched a statewide campaign to try to ban new oil and gas wells near schools, parks, and other residential places. KQED climate editor Kevin Stark reports. The group is gathering signatures to get the initiative on the 2024 ballot. If they succeed, it would appear alongside the statewide referendum on SB 1137. Lawmakers passed that law establishing these buffer zones last year, but it's been on hold ever since the oil industry gathered enough signatures for a referendum vote. The environmental groups are hoping to ask Californians a simple question, like, do you think the state should ban oil drilling near neighborhoods, yes or no? A yes result would override the referendum. They'll need to gather more than 500,000 signatures to get on the ballot. For the California Report, I'm Kevin Stark. After days of triple-digit heat, areas of the San Joaquin Valley flooded from winter storms are drying up little by little. That includes Tulare Lake, which is receding after peaking at more than 170 square miles in size. But for many, the return to dry land doesn't mean a return to normalcy. KVPR's Carrie Klein brings us this story of agricultural operations upended by Tulare Lake. Corey Vanderham is a dairy farmer, and his cattle have waterfront property. Think waves lapping at the shoreline and waterfowl in every direction. Wow, so this sounds like a, this is a wetland. Yeah, it's the land is a wetland. Pretty much. But here's the thing. Vanderham's dairy is in Kings County, outside Corcoran, in the middle of Agland. Normally, where is the water in your line of view? There is none, right? There's no water like this out here. That is, until this past March, when Tulare Lake refilled for the first time in 25 years. Eventually, about 90% of Vanderham's land was underwater, even some of his cattle pens. He had just days to evacuate thousands of animals. I went 11 days without seeing my kids. I would sneak home every once in a while, like at 1 or 2 in the morning, to, to quick shower up and kiss my wife real quick. Still, Vanderham has kept his business running and the milk flowing, but many others weren't so fortunate. 94,000 acres of orchards, row crops, and pasture land were drowned by the lake. A full recovery could take years. We're just living it day by day and seeing what the day brings to us, right? Vanderham had 10,000 cattle. No easy task to evacuate. But with so much rain and snowmelt surging into valley rivers and creeks back in March, water breached the banks of a nearby canal. That's when we knew that it was getting super serious and it was time for us to go. Fortunately, it took just a few hours to find dairies with space to take on his milking cows. And then people started showing up to help move them. Strangers with 45 livestock trailers. 
They took times out of their own operation, took times from their own families to come and help somebody that they've never met in need, right? And it was pretty rad. It's a pretty cool deal. Within three days, they moved 4,500 cattle. Half his herd. The other half, he had to sell off. Come on, let's go. Vanderham and his Australian shepherd, Opie, show me around the lake in a silver Ford pickup, where orderly rows of trees should be. Now, what looks like a vast sea, smooth as a mirror. This pistachio orchard was all underwater. Thousands of acres of tomatoes, alfalfa, safflower, and wheat, gone. A county supervisor told me hundreds of thousands of chickens died when their facility was evacuated. Kings County is California's cotton capital, but the vast majority of that crop was wiped out too. You look here on the left and right, all this was planted and it's all dead. All this, it'll cost billions in repairs and renovations, lost profits, lost jobs. Even the crops that survive may not be harvestable. To help, the county is slashing property taxes for flooded land, but it's still unclear whether the state or feds will offer any relief. Most of Vanderham's cattle are still at a dairy he's been leasing near Hanford. He's moving them back trailer by trailer, but all that affects milk production. The stress of being moved, the stress of having to go from a different style barn, doing all that in general, yeah, puts a little bit of stress on the cows. As the stress dissipates, so does the lake. But slowly, Vanderham estimates he regains an inch or two of land every day. Now he'll have to clean up his property, replant his cattle feed, and buy back the 5,000 cattle he sold off. For the California Report, I'm Carrie Klein in Fresno. Survivors of the 2021 Caldor Fire in the Sierra Foothills are pursuing legal action against the U.S. Forest Service. KPBS's Scott Rod reports. The Caldor Fire destroyed more than two-thirds of the 600 homes in Grizzly Flats, a foothills community between Sacramento and Lake Tahoe. Many residents are still living in trailers, and few, if any, have received direct federal assistance. There's a strong desire to have accountability for what happened to our community. Jonathan Yoakum's home survived, but he spent the last two years repairing it, and his property still looks like a torched moonscape. Now he's helping dozens of Grizzly Flats residents file claims for damages against the federal government. They allege the Forest Service knew about the wildfire threat to Grizzly Flats, yet failed to properly manage the overgrown forests around the town. If the claims are denied, residents would have to take the federal government to court. But Yoakum says Caldor Fire survivors have plenty of patience and persistence. The Forest Service declined an interview request. That was KPBS reporter Scott Rod. And in Sacramento, a truck parts manufacturer has pleaded guilty of violating the federal Clean Air Act. Sinister Diesel, based in Roseville, sold tens of thousands of devices that allowed diesel truck drivers to disable emissions control systems, meaning their trucks polluted way more. In a deal with the feds, the business has agreed to pay a million dollars in fines and penalties. Sinister Diesel sold the devices between 2010 and 2020. People bought them because they increased horsepower. Support for the California Report comes from Guideline. Their automated 401k plans can be set up in 20 minutes. More at guideline.com CA. Guideline, the California way to 401k. Stanford Medicine, comprising its School of Medicine and Adult and Children's Health Systems, working together to advance knowledge and improve lives. Stanfordmedicine.org. And 
Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. And that's the California Report for Thursday, August 3rd. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Now let's take a look at the regional weather forecast from the National Weather Service. In Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight, clear with a low around 55. Friday, sunny with a high near 86. And Friday night, clear with a low around 60. For Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight, sunny with a high near 79. Friday, mostly sunny with a high near 79. And Friday night, clear with a low around 43. And for Sacramento and the surrounding valley, Tonight, widespread haze between 9 p.m. and 10 p.m., clear with a low around 58. Friday, sunny with a high near 93. And Friday night, clear with a low around 61. There are currently no red flag warnings or fire weather watches. And you're listening to the Evening News on KVMR. It's becoming increasingly difficult for Californians to secure fire insurance for their homes, especially those living in the wildland-urban interface. For those that can't find fire insurance in the traditional marketplace, there's the FAIR plan. What exactly is the FAIR plan? Well, up next, in the second installment of KVMR's Chautauqua series, Nell and Gorin explains what it is, how it works, and why it was created. Summer in California brings the best of times and the worst of times. The weather's beautiful, and there are lots of fun things to do. But summer is also the start of the most dreaded time of year in California, fire season. Even with our extremely wet winter this year, small fires began breaking out in the foothills just weeks after the rain stopped. So once again, we all have to pack our go bags and monitor the fire news. And for homeowners, the biggest task each year may be getting fire insurance. Fire insurance has become extremely expensive and difficult to obtain in much of California, especially areas of high wildfire danger such as the Sierra foothills. Just as this year's fire season began, the state's largest provider of home insurance, State Farm, announced that it would not issue any new homeowners policies anywhere in California, citing the, quote, rapidly growing catastrophe exposure, end quote. Then Allstate, the state's fourth largest property insurer, announced they had already stopped selling new homeowners policies the previous year. Both companies say that existing customers will be able to keep their policies. But this is a serious blow for Californians who want to move or buy a home. There is still one option if you can't obtain fire insurance any other way, the California FAIR plan. There's a lot of misinformation out there about the FAIR plan, misinformation that causes many people to call it the unfair plan. Today we'll talk about those misunderstandings and then explain what the FAIR plan really is and how it works. Let's start with what isn't true. The California Fair Plan is not a government program or a state agency. It is not insurance provided by the state of California. It is not paid for by taxpayers or the public. And the California state government has absolutely no financial interest in the Fair Plan and makes no money from it. Here are the actual facts. The California Fair Plan Association was established in 1968 to meet the needs of California homeowners unable to find fire insurance in the traditional marketplace. It's a high-risk fire insurance pool comprised of all insurers licensed to conduct property and casualty business in California. That means for-profit insurers such as State Farm and Allstate, as well as the other insurance companies operating in our state. So, how does it work? 
First of all, insurance companies don't have a choice about participating in the fair plan. And they also can't pick and choose which customers to insure. So anyone who wants to purchase a fair plan policy can do so. While State Farm can reject your individual application for a homeowner's policy, it is required to share the burden of insuring everyone in the fair plan as an entire group, no exceptions. The risk, expenses, and profits of covering fair plan customers are pooled among all the insurance companies in proportion to their share of the market. So, for example, if an insurance company holds 10% of the property policies in California, then it also gets 10% of the premiums that all fair plan customers pay. And it must also pay out 10% of the claims filed by all fair plan customers, as well as 10% of the administrative expenses of running the plan. Before the fair plan was created 55 years ago, homeowners in California were sometimes unable to purchase any fire insurance at all. Since insurance companies are for-profit businesses, they choose what risk they take on and what to charge their customers for insuring that risk. And the fact is that much of California has become not just unprofitable to insure against fire, it has become an enormous financial risk. In just two recent years, 2017 and 2018, insurers paid out a total of $29 billion in fire-related claims in California, an amount nearly double what customers had paid in premiums those two years. While losses like this are usually balanced out by years of profits, these numbers were off the charts. Before those two years, losses in California had never exceeded $5 billion in a single year, and now two years had totaled $29 billion. That's why some companies are now refusing to insure high-risk areas or pulling out of writing new policies in the entire state. To understand what's going on in California, we first need to talk about insurance generally. We buy insurance to cover the risk of an event that would cost us far more than we pay for the insurance. For example, most of us are careful drivers and have only minor car accidents in our lifetime. But we pay for car insurance because accidents by their nature are unexpected and a devastating one can happen to any of us at any time. With auto insurance, we're covered for hundreds of thousands of dollars in liability, much more than the total of all the insurance premiums we pay over the years. In insurance, risk drives cost, so the higher the risk, the greater the cost. If you have a good driving record and live in a safer place, you can get car insurance for less money than if you have a bad driving record or live in a place with more auto claims. For example, my car insurance dropped by half when I moved from an urban area to Nevada County several years ago, even though nothing else changed, not my driving record, my car, my insurance company, or my coverage. My insurance company simply calculated that the risk of having to pay a claim from me dropped by half because I moved to a place with fewer car thefts, break-ins, and traffic accidents. If someone's driving record is really bad, they won't be able to get car insurance at all because the risk of having to pay a claim is too high. Even if a bad driver paid $2,000 a year for their policy, their insurance company might have to pay out 100 times that amount if the driver caused just one accident. Really bad drivers simply aren't worth the risk of insuring. In a way, the state of California is like a driver who's caused a lot of very bad car accidents. We're simply not a good bet for insurers. In California, the risk of a house burning down is significantly higher, just as the risk of flood, hurricane, or tornado is higher in other states. That's why many insurers are saying they've had enough. But California is not alone. Weather-related catastrophes are increasing in such magnitude that home insurance rates have risen sharply in most U.S. states, and insurance companies are abandoning not just California, but states such as Florida and Louisiana. In Florida, 17% of homeowners are now on Florida's equivalent of our fair plan. That's compared to just 3% in California. Fair plans like those in California and Florida are high-risk pools. If all insurance is a pool, then a high-risk pool is a much smaller pool inside the big one. 
kind of like the jacuzzi, and equally hot. Customers in a high-risk pool are all at high risk of making claims insurers will have to pay. And hefty claims. Because in California, there is a significant chance that a single fire will destroy hundreds or even thousands of buildings, costing insurers billions of dollars in claims they must pay. And this risk is escalating. Six of the ten largest fires in California history have occurred just in the past three years. And those six fires burned more than four million acres and destroyed more than 8,000 buildings. And the past three years are not a fluke, but the flaming caboose of a decades-long trend. Eighteen of the 20 largest fires in California history have occurred just in the past 20 years. Record-breaking fires are now an almost yearly occurrence in our state. And once again, if the risk is high, the cost will be high. If you own a home in a high-risk area, you have to pay more for fire insurance, just like I had to pay twice as much for car insurance when I lived in a city. The alternative is going without insurance, but this is not an option if you have a mortgage. And if you own your home outright, it's a dangerous gamble. In a fire, you risk losing not only your house, but everything inside it. This isn't a scare story. Some homeowners in the foothills have experienced exactly this kind of catastrophic loss in recent years. And no matter how expensive fire insurance is, it's far cheaper than replacing everything you own. There's one more important point to clear up about the FAIR plan, and that's to explain that it's a fire insurance plan. It covers homeowner claims related to fire, no matter the cause, whether it's electrical wiring or a wildfire. But it doesn't cover other types of homeowner claims. That's why your insurance agent will tell you to also purchase a RAP or DIC policy. DIC stands for Difference in Conditions, which means something other than fire. This additional policy is needed to cover things like water damage if a pipe breaks or structural repairs after wind or snowstorms. When it was first created, the FAIR plan was intended as a temporary stopgap until homeowners could find traditional insurance. But with devastating fires escalating in California, the number of FAIR plan policyholders has doubled in just the past five years. And not just in areas like the foothills, more homeowners in urban and suburban areas are also finding the FAIR plan their only option. While we can complain about the plan's cost, the alternative is not being able to get any fire insurance at all. For most people, that would mean not being able to own a house. It's not cheap being a homeowner in California, and the escalating risk of fire adds to that expense. But the cost of living is the price we pay for loving California. At least that's what I tell myself every year when I write that big check to the California FAIR plan. One final thought. When the next fire comes, and it's when, not if, be prepared to evacuate immediately to save your life and the lives of your loved ones. Nine of the ten deadliest fires in California have also occurred in the past five years, including the Camp Fire in Paradise that took 85 lives. Human beings are precious and irreplaceable. Focus on saving those and remember that your house can be rebuilt and your possessions replaced. And should you need to do that, your insurance policy will be well worth whatever you paid for it. And now, Molly Fisk. Molly Fisk, Observations from a Working Poet. I'm really angry at someone right now. And at the same time, I have enough experience with both humans and my own anger to have a smidgen of perspective. I'm watching myself swing between outrage at his behavior. What the hell? Physical rage, like wanting to throw ripe tomatoes at his car. Depression that I can't fix the situation, which leads me to watch British crime dramas and eat coffee ice cream for dinner. A little bit of fear, since I know what his rage feels like, and men in general can be so scary. 
and resignation. Today, I'm at resignation. Swimming helps enormously. Whatever I've bottled up evaporates by the time I'm ten minutes into the lake, side-stroking along like a polar bear, watching the clouds roll by or a dragonfly try to land on my head. I've worked with a life coach for years who says about events that might happen, well, either it will or it won't. I've rolled my eyes at this every time, but it's also sunk in. So when I'm not actively angry, depressed, or fearful, I can think about the situation more steadily. Can you imagine paying someone money to tell you either it will or it won't? Over and over? No, me neither. This kind of coaching has made my life livable and glorious. But still, when I think about how it's done, sometimes I just shake my head. It sounds so absurd. But I digress. Digression is a useful tool when you need soothing, and I employ it frequently. But today, let's get back to the point. The point is, I am not going to harm the other person or myself, even though I am angry. I wish this whole thing weren't happening, but I've grown out of that phase of life where you have to take action or explode. I am waiting to see what happens next, and there's a deadline involved, so it's a known length of waiting. I used to want to put sugar in people's gas tanks. I even once walked down the street late at night to the pickup truck of the person in question with a box of C&H granulated sugar in my hand. But I didn't do it. I wanted to do it very badly. But the thing is, I would hate to be caught. And you know how the world works. Someone would look out her window at that exact moment and recognize me. Or my fingerprints would be on the gas cap. I was not wearing gloves and oversight. This was before the internet, and I had no idea how much sugar will ruin an engine. I just read about this method in a book somewhere. Now it makes a good story, and I luckily don't have to tell you a story about ending up in the Suffolk County jail overnight, held without bail. The person I'm angry at will do what he does, and I will do what I do, and there will be no violence from my side of the equation. Be careful this week in the lake, though, since I've left so many molecules of rage up there. Don't let them stick to your bathing suit. Award-winning poet Molly Fisk writes, coaches, and teaches writing in California's Sierra Nevada foothills. You can reach her at mollyfisk.com. This program is produced at the studios of KVMR-FM, Nevada City, California. Funding is provided by Harmony Books of Downtown Nevada City and KVMR with support from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. That's our newscast for this Thursday, August 3rd. Head over to our website, kvmr.org, or subscribe to the KVMR News Podcast to hear more. KVMR gets support from listeners like you, and from Four Paws Animal Clinic. Dr. Susan Murphy and Sue Lester and staff are proud to support KVMR, providing medical, dental, alternative, and surgical services for cherished companions. On Searles Avenue in Nevada City, fourpawsac.com and the Nevada County Fairgrounds in Grass Valley. Featuring the 2023 Nevada County Fair, Wednesday, August 9th through Sunday the 13th, 
offering family fun, entertainment, exhibitions, midway rides, and traditional Treat Street Fair food. More information at nevadacountyfair.com. Support for KVMR's Future of Radio project comes from AJA Video Systems, empowering the next generation of local journalists and broadcasters. The KVMR Evening News is produced by KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Julia Gem. Have a great night.